Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 8th of January 2012, entitled, A Very Present Help in Trouble. And the Bible reading is Psalm 46. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. Very good morning to you all. Happy New Year. Wasn't here last Sunday, but um, we had a nice rest over the... Christmas and New Year time. Um, if you'd like to turn to Psalm 46, <clears throat> I'd like to bring hopefully an encouraging uh, message this morning. And you know, we're still at the beginning uh, of the year, and really, I want our thought really this morning to be that God is a very present help in trouble. And uh, we've been thinking about that, we've been singing about God being the lifter up of our heads, and um, you know, it's easy at the start of the year to get to, to be down and discouraged, and uh, but God wants to lift us up this morning, and He wants us to go through this year knowing that He is a very present help in trouble. Um, so Psalm 46 and uh, verse one really is going to be uh, the text really for this morning, but we're going to read uh, the psalm. There's only 11 verses, but verse one says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles, of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Praise the Lord. What an encouraging psalm. To start off uh, this time this morning. And um, so verse 1, it says here that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And you know, there are going to be times in this year where we will be in trouble in some form or other. It may be depression. It may be financial. It may be some other problem, some trouble, maybe spiritual, and we're not immune to it, but God wants us to know here this morning that he is a very present help in trouble. Um, When we were having our meal a few weeks ago upstairs, I was talking with uh, Roxana's uh, stepfather, and um, he was telling me a story about um, Erica, the little, little girl, I don't know how, she's probably about four or five, and um, he was telling me that um, 
I think it was a few years ago, she got a coin stuck in her throat. And he tried as, as hard as he could to try and get, get the, uh, the coin out, but it just wouldn't come out. And uh, Erica, she was actually going blue in her face. And he was getting very worried. And he told me that the coin eventually, she spat it out. And he was so relieved. But he said to me that if he was living in Romania, which is where he comes from, he said that the emergency services would take about two hours to arrive on the scene. You know, our God is not like that. When we get into trouble, the Bible says that he is very present. And that's good news this morning. That's encouraging. I want us to look at three areas where God can be and will be a very present help in our troubles. The first area is the area of sin. <clears throat> you know, it shouldn't surprise you that sin is the starting point of all trouble. It happened all the way back down there in the Garden of Eden. Job said in Job 14 verse 1, he says that man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. It didn't take man very long to be on the scene to get into trouble, did it? You know, we read in Genesis chapter, um, chapter 3 how the serpent came into the garden, how God had told Adam and Eve already not to eat of the, the fruit of the tree of life, but they did it. And they got into trouble. And that trouble ended, really, in that day with them being cast out of the garden and death. And the Bible says in Genesis 2:17, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And that's where trouble began with man. That's why we all die. It goes all the way back down to the Garden of Eden, to the trouble that was caused in that garden by disobedience. But you know, the first account that we see of God being a very present help in trouble is also found in the Garden of Eden as well. It says in Genesis 3.21, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Isn't that amazing? In the same day that Adam and Eve sinned against God, the Bible says that he clothed them with skins. Do we realize how important that is? You know, the Bible says that without the shedding of blood is no remission. There is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And even though Adam and Eve got into trouble in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that God was a very present help in trouble, even in that day. Didn't have to wait thousands of years. But that help was available in the garden, and he clothed them with skins. Sacrifice had to be made. And you know, there's a principle throughout all Scripture, and it's basically this, that without shedding the blood is no remission. Doesn't that speak to us here this morning of Jesus Christ? He is our remission of sin. He shed that precious blood for the trouble that we have got into because of Adam and Eve, our sin. The Bible says that all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. You turn to Psalm 31. I want you to see here this morning 
If you are in this room, and it may be that you are not a Christian here this morning, the Bible describes very clearly that you are in trouble with God. Psalm 31, and I want us just to have a look at verse 9 and verse 10. And notice here the psalmist says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I want you just to notice here in these couple of verses why this man, why this psalmist was in trouble. And basically in verse 10 we see the reason. He says, because of mine iniquity. It's because of sin. And I want you to notice that in verse 10, that this man realized that it was his iniquity that led his soul into grief. Notice in verse 10 again, it says, For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity. My bones are consumed. And here we have a man who is in trouble because of iniquity, because of sin. You know that this is the place of trouble that a man really needs to get into before he can become a Christian. This man in here realized, this psalmist realized his trouble and it was sin. And that is the place where if you're not a Christian today, you need to get to before you can become a Christian. As I said before, the Bible says that all have sinned. Yes, friends, that includes you, whoever you may be, how good you may be. The Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, and you are in trouble. Job, in chapter 22, verse 29, says here that when man are cast down, then thou shalt say there is lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. You know why? One reason why men and women don't become Christians is because they don't acknowledge their sin before God. They don't realize that they have offended a holy God. And you know, God is telling us there is one place that we need to come to, and that is the foot of the cross. We need to humble ourselves and accept that God's word is truth. And what he says about our sin is true. We are sinners and we're in trouble. You know, 22 years ago, I realized when I read the Bible that I was in trouble. Before I was a Christian, and I read the Bible says that there is a day coming where non-Christians are going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the great white throne judgment. And the Bible says that whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Do we realize, friends, this morning, how much trouble that we, will be, we are in if we're not a Christian? And our friends, you will never get out of that trouble. Once you leave this earthly life, it's too late. There is no second chance. You're in trouble now, but if you die without Jesus Christ, you'll be in trouble for all eternity. 
and there will be no help. There will be no relief. One of the reasons why I wrote my testimony in this leaflet was to warn people. And I wrote on the back the scriptures that God spoke to me about. And I had to know for myself, was I a Christian? How can I get forgiveness of sin? And how can I have my name written in the book of life? And it's only by becoming a Christian. A lake of fire is an eternal place of torment. And it's real. In the last book of the Bible, and it's there for a reason. But you know, the Bible says that God is a very present help in trouble. And you know that God is here today, and he's here to save people. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not in a few weeks, no, today. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. So if you're not a Christian today, why don't you put it right with God and have that trouble with God put right and have the peace that he can give. God is also a very present help in trouble for the Christian as well. And you know that you don't have to be in a new year for very long to realize that even as Christians, we get into trouble spiritually and in other ways. Um, and I'm amazed that, you know, you probably get into the first day of, of the new year and you'll just realize how far that you really fall short of being a Christian. And as I said before that, we're going to go through this year, 2012, and there's going to be times where we're going to get into that place of trouble. We're going to have a wrong thought. We're going to think upon things that we shouldn't be thinking upon. We're going to have a wrong action or a reaction. We're going to have a wrong spoken word. It may even be within their own, your own families. And we're going to get ourselves into some kind of trouble this year. But remember, the Bible says that God is very present help in trouble. You know, we have to go somewhere with the trouble. And God has provided for us a way. And if you just turn to 1 John chapter 1, and I know this is one of uh, Peter's favorite verses. You know, the Bible says that, the Bible says, let a man examine himself. And you know, we need to keep short accounts with God. And as we were saying this morning in the Sunday school lesson, that there are certain things that as a Christian we need to do each and every day. We're to maintain our fellowship with God and with each other. And one of those areas is confession of sin. The Bible says in verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and it doesn't matter how far in trouble you get this verse is applicable for you and for me if we will only confess our sins the bible says that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness he's a very present help in trouble so when you get into that place maybe even today i don't know maybe this afternoon 
or maybe in the week, remember that God is very present and he's there to help us and he's there for us to confess our sins too. Are we in any trouble here this morning? If we are, why not seek God's very present help? It's here. It's available. So the first area is the area of sin. The second area can be found in Psalm chapter 3. And you don't have to be a Christian for very long, really, to experience this area of trouble. And this is the area of scoffers. And if we just uh, look in verse 1, here the psalmist says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. This is David speaking. Verse 2, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Wonder have you ever had people around you that just ridiculed you and mocked you for being a Christian? Maybe that's happening to you right now in your life. Maybe it's something that maybe some of us here don't know anything about, but it's a reality. And I can tell you that it's not very pleasant. And maybe somebody right now in your life is saying something like, there's no help for you in God. Why are you a Christian? Why do you bother going to church on a Sunday? Why don't you come along with us? And why don't you do the things that we do? Why don't you come to some of the parties and say some of the things and some of the jokes that we're saying? There's no help for you in God. Forget it. Waste of time. Come along, join us. Be one of the gang. Be one of the crew. Scoffers. You know that as we get nearer the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not going to get any better. The Bible tells us that very clearly. I want us just to have a look at a couple of verses. Jude chapter 17. It's uh, the book just before the book of Revelation. There's only one chapter there. And in verse... 17 and verse 18, and Jude says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These are the same people, same kind of people that the psalmist is here is speaking about. The walking in their own ungodly lusts. And they want you to join them. And they're saying that there's no help in God for you. Let's just turn to Second Peter chapter 3. And verse 2 says, sorry, verse 1, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You see, these things here have been written and were said to remind people. And he wants us just to be reminded of these truths. In verse 2, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. These are the same type of people who are coming to you and saying that everything 
is just continuing the same, the way it's continued all the way from the beginning. Nothing has changed. Scoffers. You know, on the, on the outreaches, you know, people often look at you with scorn and they seem to feel sorry for you. You know, we really should be feeling sorry for them. But the way that they look at us when we're handing out leaflets and we're trying to talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ, they're feeling sorry for us. And you can see in the faces of many people, scorn. They feel sorry for you, that you are out there on a cold, maybe wet Saturday morning, maybe at the Fox and Goose, and they're thinking, have you got nothing better to do? Why are you out here on a Saturday? Just think of where you could be. Scoffers. The Bible says, friends, that it's going to get worse and worse as the days go by. Don't expect this to get any better. But you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows exactly how we feel. He knows what's going on. Let me just give you a couple of examples of what the Lord Jesus Christ experienced. Matthew 27, and here we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about God in the flesh. Matthew 27 and verse 27, and here we're reading the accounts of the crucifixion. And it says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him. Can you imagine that? And they put on him a scarlet robe, pretending like he was some kind of royalty. Verse 29, and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, not a thorn, not a crown of diadems, a beautiful crown. This was a crown of thorns placed onto his head. It says they put it on, upon his head and a reed in his right hand as a scepter. And they bowed the knee before him, and it says, and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And verse 30 says, And they spit upon him. Has any, have you ever had the experience of anybody spitting at you? That is not very nice. In fact, that is one of the worst things that you can experience. You know, you can experience people physically um, maybe hitting you, but to have somebody to spit in your face, that is bad. And notice who they are doing this to. It's not just some Joe in the street. This is the Lord Jesus. This is God who was manifest in the flesh, came from the glory, the creator God. Came, coming down to this earth, he was mocked and he was spat upon. Jesus Christ, he knows what it means to be scoffed at. He knows what it is to be mocked. Are you being mocked this morning? You have people maybe at your workplace, maybe people even close to you that are mocking you. Jesus knows what it's about. Luke chapter 18 and verse 31 and I want you to notice here the price 
that Jesus Christ paid for us. Verse 31 says, Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. He's not going up to Jerusalem to do sightseeing. He's not going up to Jerusalem to be um, made a king and to receive a beautiful throne and for people to bow down and to worship him. It says, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. All things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted upon. And verse 33, And they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. What a price that he paid for us. That's something to, just to be reminded of. Maybe when we experience some kind of mocking and scoffing, maybe throughout this new year, Jesus Christ has been there already. He knows how we feel. But the Bible says that he is very present help in trouble. But what's going to happen when people rise up and mock you. Where are you going to find your help when you're all alone and you're in trouble? Well, notice back in Psalm 3 how God was very present help for King David when he was scoffed at. Psalm 3 and verse 3, he says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me my glory and the lifter up of my head. Isn't that wonderful? You know, we've been thinking here this morning, haven't we, about having our heads lifted up. So easy for us to be down. But God wants us to lift, God wants to lift us up. In verse 4, he says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. And here we see a God that is very present in a time of trouble. And that's what, exactly what God wants us to do when we're in that time. He wants us to cry out to him and to know that he's there in that trouble. You know, he won't always um, direct us away from that trouble because sometimes we will get ourselves into that trouble. But the Bible says here that he is a very present help in trouble. And that's good for us to know this morning. So not only sin and from scoffers, but thirdly, I want us to look at the area of the second coming because I believe that we are very close to the second coming of Jesus. And I want us just to have a look at another trouble. In fact, this is one of the last times that God will be a very present help in trouble, and that's going to be in Jacob's trouble. If you just have a look at Jeremiah chapter 30, and uh, if you don't know what Jacob's trouble is all about, <clears throat> it's basically Israel's trouble. And uh, the Bible makes it very clear that things are not going to get any better for Israel as a nation and as a people. I want you to have a look in Jeremiah chapter 30 
and verse 4 and 7. And what I believe that we can see here is going to be the last seven years and the last three and a half years in particular before the Lord Jesus Christ comes. And I want you just to notice here the trouble that Israel are going to be in. Verse 7 says, Alas, for that great for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. You know that Israel, they've got a history full of trouble. If you spend any time reading the Word of God, especially the Old Testament, you will see that they have a history full of trouble. Started around the time of the Exodus, when they were chased out of Egypt. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. They had to chase all of the um, the foreign uh, occupiers in that land out, the enemies of God. And they, were, they, had full, they, they had wars. They had evil kings ruling over them. Not only that, but they had a divided kingdom after Solomon. And we know that they went into captivity, didn't they? They went into Assyria and they later went into Babylon as well for 70 years. And we know that the second temple was also destroyed in the year 70. And after that came the dispersion of the Jews throughout all of the world. And we know that even in some of our lifetimes, the trouble that the Jews have been in, the Holocaust, in the last great war, six million Jews perished. So Israel know what it means to be in trouble. But you know that no time in their history will there be such a time of trouble as Jacob's trouble. This is the great tribulation. It's going to be focused upon Israel as a nation. Zechariah chapter 14, if you'd just like to keep your finger in Jeremiah 30, because we're going to have a look Back in there, a, few, a couple of verses. But Zechariah chapter 14 says, Behold, verse 1, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in, in the midst of thee. And in verse 2 says, For I will gather, how many nations? All nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, And the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue, or the remnant, of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Zechariah 13 and verse 8 says, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. Two thirds of the people of Israel are going to be cut off, and they're going to die. It's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a time of trouble that Israel have never known before. This is a time of trouble that God has planned, and he knows all about it. And it's to put Israel in a position to realize that when they are in trouble, that they need to call out to God for his help. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said? Was it Matthew chapter 23 when he was in Jerusalem? Matthew 23. And I believe here that the Lord Jesus Christ was looking down, not just to uh, the destruction of the temple, but he was looking down the ages 
And he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together? You see, Jesus Christ wanted to save his people from trouble. But he goes on to say, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. They didn't want that help. Verse 38, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And that will happen. There will be a day when Israel will say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Let me just take you back to Jeremiah chapter 30. Because without God's help, Israel have no cure. They have no chance. The Bible says in Jeremiah 30 and verse 12, it says, For thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incurable and thy wound is grievous. They're in big trouble. They will be in big trouble. And unless the Lord is a very present help for Israel, there will be no help. There will be no hope for them. Verse 12 says, For thus saith, sorry, we just read verse 12. Um, verse 13 and verse 14, we see here that Israel are going to be all alone. There is none to plead thy cause, that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. You know, Israel have many nations around them, but they don't have many friends when they're in big trouble. They don't have many that they can call upon for help. And verse 14 says, All thy lovers have, for, have forgotten thee. They seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquity. Their iniquity has led them into trouble because thy sins were increased. Israel are going to be all alone. You know, what's happened out in the Middle East just recently, even with uh, this last year, what they call the uh, Arab Spring. And you know, we've had nations like Tunisia and Libya and uh, Yemen and Egypt as well. And you know, we've seen dictatorships seem to have fallen. And many have got very um, hopeful and they see this as a good thing and that things may, may get better. This is the Western view. But you know, in Israel, they know that a lot of the, these people that are taking over some of these countries are radical Muslims, and they're bent on the destruction of Israel, and they want Sharia law. So don't let us be fooled here this morning that everything is great out there. There will be this time of trouble, Jacob's trouble, and... We are heading into that time. But the good news is that God is a very present help in trouble. And he's going to save them out of it. Jeremiah 30 and verse 7. Alas, for that, great, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. And then he says, but he shall be saved out of it. Praise the Lord. He's going to save Israel out of their trouble. What's going to be the outcome of them that trouble God's people? Well, we see it down in verse 16. 
Therefore, all they that devour thee shall be devoured. You know, that should really be a warning to those nations, to those people that come against Israel. Israel, one day, are going to say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Just like we can say that today. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for your precious word, Lord. And dear Lord, we know from your word, Lord, from the very beginning where all that trouble comes from. And we know that it comes from iniquity, from sin. And we know, dear Lord, that that sin sets us apart from our God. But we thank you this morning that there is one who is a very present help in trouble, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that came down to this earth to shed his precious blood so that we can have remission of sin. Dear Lord, if there is one in this room here this morning that has never known forgiveness of sin and become a Christian, we pray that today will be the day. Help them, Lord, and just remind them here this morning that God is here, he is present to help them in that trouble and to save them. And we thank you, dear Lord, that even though we have the Holy Spirit in, within us, dear Lord, as Christians, we know that we're still in a, a battle. We know, dear Lord, that even throughout this new year that we're going to get into times of trouble. But help us to remember that you are very present. And dear Lord, you are there for us to help us. We pray, dear Lord, that we can take that invitation that you give to us to confess our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your precious word this morning. We thank you that Jesus is coming back very soon. We do pray, Lord, for Israel. We ask, dear Lord, that before this time, this time of Jacob's trouble, we pray that many will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray that you will do a work. Lord, you are doing a work. We pray, dear Lord, that they may know the true peace that comes from Jesus. And uh, we just pray, O oh Lord, that you would save, Lord, your people. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.